Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 50. So uh, let's open up with a prayer. Let's say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, um, let's start off exactly what we're going to do for this episode. There's an article I want to read from LifeSite News. I tried to do it uh, earlier, but uh, the article is so long and there's so much going on in it. I think we need to probably edit a little bit of it. But it's a very interesting article because it deals with this... Uh, one, this coronavirus pandemic that has suddenly appeared upon us, maybe not suddenly, but it definitely surprised us, the fact that it has historically practically shut down the whole world. It, you know, it stopped the world economy. And there's several questions we have. One People are wondering, was it engineered in a lab as a weapon or was it an accident that basically just went wrong? Um, did the communist Chinese party knew about it and did they deliberately ignore it out of pride? And... Is, are there globalists who are trying to use this as a weapon to enforce their so-called New World Order? You've heard that term before. We've all heard it since the, first, since the George W. Bush or George Bush, the first one, the first Bush, uh, basically uh, threw that word around. The problem, I think, is that, one, I think we can say for now, that it was an accident. Supposedly, they were Chinese uh, Communist Party have been trying to find a way to compete with America and the West. But there are problems and there are a lot of questions exactly. Um, I don't know if you ever heard the name Jeffrey Sachs. And I'm going to look him up and try to get a little something out of uh, a picture because it involves this article. So I'm going to pull up his name and we're going to try to look up who this person is and why he keeps appearing and why does he um, made such a made himself so comfortable in the Vatican around Pope Francis. All right. I'll be right back. 
All right, so I guess we all go to Wikipedia. Jeffrey David Sachs, born November 5th, 1954, is an American economist, liberal academic public policy analyst, and former director of the Earth Institute at Columbia University, where he holds the title of university professor. He's known as one of the world's leading experts on economic development and fight against poverty. Um, okay, so he's a political econ economics, international development, uh, Keynesian economics, Harvard University, and you know he holds. I mean, you know he holds several degrees and everything. Sachs is a professor of sustainable development at Columbia School of International and Public Affairs and a professor of health policy management at Columbia School of Public Health. As of 2017, he serves as special advisor to the United Nations, Secretary General Antonio Guterres, on the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, a set of 17 Global Goals adapted at a UN summit meeting in September 2015. He held the same position under the previous UN Secretary General, Ban Ki-moon, and prior to 2016, similar advisory uh, position related to the earliest Millennium Development Goals, the MDGs, a lot of those uh, little acronyms and everything. Eight internationally sanctioned objectives to reduce extreme poverty, hunger, disease by the year 2015. In connection with MDGs, he had first been appointed special advisor to the UN Secretary General in 2002 during the term of, during the term of Kofi Annan. In 1995, Sachs became member of the International Advisory Council of the Center for Social and Economic Research, a uh, short name, CASE. He is co-founder and chief strategist um, of Millennium Promise Alliance, a nonprofit organization dedicated to ending extreme poverty and hunger. From 2002 to 2006, he was director of the United Nations Millennium Project is work as MD. He is an in director of the Sustainable Development Solutions Network and co editor of the world's Happiness Report. What an odd name! With John F. Halwell and Richard Lay Layard in 2010, he became 2010, he became commissioner for the Broadband Commission for Sustainable Development. The same terms keeps repeating over and over again whose stated aim is to boost the importance of broadband international policy. Sachs has written several books and received many awards. Okay. All right. So um, let's look a little something here. All right. He was raised in Oak Park, a suburb of Detroit, Michigan, the son of Joanne and Theodore Sachs, a labor lawyer. His family is Jewish. He graduated from Oak Park High School, attended Harvard College, where he received his Bachelor of Arts in 1976. 
He went on to receive his MA and PhD in economics from Harvard with his thesis titled Factor Costs and Microeconomic Adjustments in the Open Economy, Theory and Evidence. Uh, he was invited to join the Harvard Society of, of Fellows while still a Harvard graduate. Um, Sachs lives in New York City with his wife. Um, they have three children. All right. Now, uh, what I read to you there um, seems like a nice guy, but how do you end exactly end world poverty? And what exactly, what kind of politics does he want to use? Because the problem is with most cases with world, with poverty is one is the political environment that they live in. Uh, it could be also, um, education is one factor, um, access to, uh, means to end poverty. But a lot of these guys also come up with this idea of their idea of globalism and also hunger and poverty, uh, is also, these guys also think the solution is population control, telling people how many kids they can have, um, you know, you know, the, the, the old saying, um, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach him to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. In other words, give the person the means to go out and get what they need for themselves through, you know, education, hard work, uh, control of, you know, a lot of people who are in poverty in some countries, they have land, they just don't have the money to to get the tools they need to work their land and is also access to water there's a lot of different means you can do that i mean i know this because i lived a few years in in, in the middle east uh in the west bank with my um, grandparents and a lot of people own land they just don't have the money to buy the tools they need to work the land all right and you know grow the crops my grandparents used to grow their own vegetables in the backyard I mean, if you listen to some people who are uh, of Italian American Sicilians, they would tell you that their their family uh, used to grow their own vegetables, and that's how they merely survive. They survive by growing their own vegetables and sell their vegetables. They were farmers, and that's how they did it. And not to mention that they also had to do other kinds of work. You know, maybe work in construction, build houses, stuff like that. But the important thing was they're able to do it. With guys like these, they usually have other means, other, I would say, nefarious means of how to control people and how to impose their policies on people without even the people saying yes or no. But because the people are so desperate and so hungry, they got their hands out. They're not even thinking of, of what they're taking from someone like him or any other person in power without even giving them a choice of what they want. And usually what happened was, you know, you take something and you don't realize what you're giving up in return. Usually it's your freedom. And that's very bad. All right, so we figured out who he is. Let's look at other means. All right, I kind of moved a little too fast in our uh, 
episode here, I want to read uh, a passage from Scripture from um, Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 9, the Tower of Babel, because that's, I figured it was a, an appropriate subject matter. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now the whole world had one language and few words. As men migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them th thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and putman for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, often the church fathers say that the tower is basically sort of like man. How can we say it? Uh, I guess you can say man's giving it back to God. You know, sort of like, in a sense, I guess you can say, in a way, sticking your middle finger up to heaven, uh, defying God, the pride and ego of men. Because tall buildings, we all see them all over the world now. We see these towers that human beings built. Uh, some of them are beautiful. Some of them are quite magnificent. Um, you go to places like Abu Dhabi and you see these fantastic buildings that they're making that are you know, just awesome. You come to New York you see the Empire State Building at one time we had the Twin Towers, now we have this Liberty Tower. You go to different cities all over uh, the United States and many different places and you see that and you know in a sense we almost are pretty much accomplish the idea of creating a world where we pretty much speak the language of economics uh, in a sense we don't speak the language of God we speak the language of economics we speak the language of power let's face it money makes the world go around pretty much everybody wants to trade everybody wants to live well uh, people want to go to places buy goods travel through the cities of other uh, of other nations you can go and like on a vacation cruise ship you can go to Europe show up there within several hours through a flight walk the streets well 
the the thing is with this is that this coronavirus probably may not be uh, a perfect uh, what do you call it, a perfect thing for the globalists because um, especially in the European Union it's falling apart. Once this virus came, the European Union could not help all their members. The Italians were told they were on their own. They didn't have uh, the means to uh, fight this virus. And the open borders policy was not such a great idea because you, you don't know who you could, bring, could be bringing in um, who could have some kind of disease. Not to mention the fact that they brought in some people with criminal behavior a lot of rape happened. They tried to cover that up. We know that because there were talks about it um, throughout uh, Switzerland, uh, Norway, uh, Germany. There was a lot of sexual assaults. In France, there was a lot of sexual assaults by these men coming from uh, from the Middle East, these migrants. None of them were all refugees. Some of them were young men who wanted to go to Europe uh, from the Middle East and some of them even had uh, jealousy and anger because, you know, they didn't have, they go there, they see this life that these people live. And a lot of these guys were sleeping on the streets. They say, if you go to Rome, you see a lot of homeless. I don't know if you see them there now with all this virus, this pandemic going around, but definitely there was a lot of problems. Well, anyway, this article is from LifeSite News. Um, it's a long article, so I can't read it all, but there is a video here by um, by this by this gentleman um, Penton. But I first want to start reading reading to you what this gentleman says. The article is by Steve Jelzvak. He's a blogger. Uh, he uh, wrote this for LifeSite News. Are globalists using the coronavirus crisis as a battering ram to destroy and remake the world order? The Wuhan virus appears to be an incredible and suspiciously timely gift for the globalists to push through their agenda faster than any of us could ever expect. Now, a lot of the governors in different states have pretty much shut down everything even literally told the churches catholics christians everybody that they couldn't go to services because they could pass the virus very easily to someone else the globalists he's talking about are people like jeffrey sachs uh george soros and bill gates um April 17th, 2020, LifeSite News. In February of 2017, this is Steve Jelzvak who wrote this article. I was inspired by a Remnant TV video on President Trump's inauguration speech titled, Here's Why They Hate Him. I followed up writing the, su the surprising real reason for the, um, for the hate against Donald Trump. That was one of our most viewed articles of 2017. I suggest you read it to, to better understand the significance of the new of the new video, COVID-19 global, globalism perfect storm. 
presented below and my deep concerns about a larger worldwide agenda that is definitely going on in conjunction with the Wuhan virus pandemic. He goes, and he notes here, I call it the Wuhan virus because the general norm has been to use the location from which a pandemic virus came uh, came from. The name of the virus, uh, which the WHO uh, basically has suppressed, but it came from communist China. And, you know, basically doctors insist that that's how they name something. The doctors got criticized because people thought it was being racist against Chinese people, but it's not being racist. The CCP, uh, the initials for com uh, Chinese Communist Party, suppressed it. This thing started breaking out sometime, at least we think, between late September all right, and between November. Um, there has been reports that many Chinese nationals bought a lot of medical supplies from places like Australia, New Zealand, Europe. United States, buying tons of loads of them, many of them who are supposed to be real estate agents for some particular reason, and took it back to China. Now, they talked about they had um, these uh, machines that they needed to help people um, um, to help people breathe, uh, medical supplies, everything. They bought them all and took them back to China. When the pandemic finally hit Europe, uh, in the United States, there was a shortage of it. Now, another thing is, guess what? The Chinese made these things. They made them all. All the medication that you have, almost all the medication, all the, all the medical supply masks, all the medical equipment has been outsourced and um, all the factories were sent to China. Um the hydroxychloroquine, um, the medicine that um, that they used, which was for um, you know for for the help with the with the pandemic, the virus, uh, it was a um, malaria drug that's been around for a long time, practically I think since maybe the nineteen fifties, maybe maybe even earlier. I'm not too sure, but it. It was it's produced by uh, a French company, and I think it's also made in India. That Trump got criticized for because he kept on uh, mentioning it, and the doctors say that it has some positive effect on some people. It has uh, it seems to work the same way because it seems to. Um, have the same kind of effect, a cure, that uh, someone who um, has malaria. But because uh, Trump turns out his, um, invest his investment company that handles the accounts for him puts $99 investment in the company that makes it. But that's all um, investment companies do that. All right. If you have a... Um, 401k your 401k or your fidelity or your whatever it is investment firm they choose where they put the investment in so $99 is not a is not a, a big what do you call scandal uh basically probably you may all of us may have it without even realizing we have that account investment 
So it's kind of stupid that what uh, the New York Times used that as he's trying to bank and make money out of it. Well, then we're, we're all banking and making money out of it. Since its beginning, LifeSite News has specialized in presenting readers with a unique picture of the connections between many issues that, th that threaten the life and family. In this article and accompanying video, you will, you will be presented with crucial information and questions about the extraordinary developments now taking place. The theme of the 2017 article was that Donald Trump is hated above all because he was seen as a great threat to globalist plans to implement their anti-God, anti-family, and anti-life. The, so the New World Order, <clears throat> NWO, under President Clinton, the article was more accurate than I could ever imagine. Okay, I'm going to repeat again. Go to LifeSite. LifeSite News, LifeSite.com, and uh, Steve Jelizvac. I'm going to oh, spell his name out for you. S-T-E-V-E-J-A-L-S-E-V-A-C. That's his last name, J-A-L-S-E-V-A-C. What I'll do is I'll write down the name, uh, description on this particular podcast so that you can uh, look it up yourself because I think you should read it and you should listen to the video. I'll try to play some clips of the video for you. All right. The globalists have since done everything possible with the full cooperation of their vicious allies in the fake news mainstream media to try to convince the public that Trump is an evil, incompetent, corrupt man who has to be removed from the U.S. presidency. They need uh, the, the need to happen in order to carry on plans to permanently change America, destroy the capitalist system, and replace it with a new globalist-controlled economy and a radically changed world. You don't believe me? Watch the video. I'll get to that soon. The Wuhan virus appears to be an incredible and suspiciously timely gift for the globalists to push through their agenda faster than any of us could have expected. They have they, they even gone so far as to appear not to want a quick solution to the virus by uh, ridiculing and trying to stop promising treatments, already saving the lives of many infected patients. See the, below the remnant video. All right, that's another one you want to go into. I'm going to try the best I can to put the uh, remnant video connect. Uh, uh, on the uh, the description that will illustrate what I'm trying to convey in this article. It is a hard-hitting, blunt, remnant TV-style video. It complies outstanding video clips of uh, other evidence that should lead you to ask many serious questions. If you don't watch this video, you will much you'll you'll be much poorer if trying to understand what Michael Matt is saying. The reckless, irresponsible insanity and real purpose of the extreme negation um, efforts causing massive fear and economic devastation and the real purpose of the barrages of media attacks on President Trump. We had a fantastic economy. We did. Let's face it. We all did. It was, a fan it was really great. 
I mean, everybody was doing fantastic. And then suddenly this thing just came out of nowhere. And suddenly it's just people now are unemployed. It's really amazing how everything changed just within a couple of weeks. Note uh, that there are some death and infection statistics in the video. They're not meant to be authoritative and are presented only to illustrate that the massive confusion about the Wuhan virus infection and death rates. This video was released last Friday, April 10th. There has been a sea change since then on the stats. The reported death rates have varied from 8% or more in Italy and even higher in some cities and regions uh, down to as low as 4% in Germany. All right, that's true what he's saying there. It's that it was, a lot of the numbers didn't make any sense. The Chinese said that had given us numbers that were lower than Italy. The Wuhan region is far bigger than Italy. And for some reason, their numbers were low and Italy's numbers were high. And that's where basically the virus broke out. And this is what mainly has really upset a lot of people because it didn't make any sense. It turns out that they were playing with their numbers in China. Okay, now our numbers are supposedly higher than them, but there are possibly some cases that people's deaths, they say, who um, may not have died because of the Wuhan virus. It may have been some people who had who had other problems you know if they say this 98% possible chance of recovery all right i don't know where um the numbers i know you if you look at the uh remnant tv video he'll give you a report where the numbers are 98% chance of recovery the people who possibly died from it 50% possible already had pre health condition problems it, this is the same thing possibly in Italy. Italy had the highest rate of elderly people. Their population has been dropping because many people have not been at least getting married or getting married and not having kids. Or possibly people, now the people who are elderly had other conditions, diabetes um, in many parts of Europe. Even in England, there was a high case of diabetes, even people with cancer. So if you are also getting treatment for cancer and then suddenly this virus comes along, it just basically aggravates the problem even more for you and possibly death. So you got to look at it from this, from this point of view. All right, look at this. We have more people unemployed, all right, in the United States now than possibly the death from the coronavirus because everything shut down. Now, that's going to, uh, they're trying to aggravate the economic situation here because that just makes people angry. And now, now you have a lot of governors who don't want to open up the states. Now you're getting a lot of Americans in Virginia, in Michigan protesting. And I think, honestly, it, I, don't, I don't blame them because a lot of people don't want their livelihood destroyed. They don't want their whole world uh, destroyed because of, of this shutdown. 
and they're trying to enforce social distancing. People go to church and what happens? You're getting a ticket for going to church, even though you're staying in your garage, your car. It's just ridiculous. Um, now that testing has become far more accurate and frequent, we are learning, as Michael Matt says in the video, that the numbers do not justify the fear of dying and the extraordinary rights and the economy crushing uh, migration efforts put in place in many nations. However, the virus is admittedly still very concerning and not fully understood. Recovery rates are much lower and dangerous for persons with often stated underlying health conditions. They need special protection. It also seems infection can cause lifelong damage to heart, lung, tissue, and perhaps more. In general, though, the latest statistics indicate that we must stop being so uh, traumatized over the virus, which will likely, uh, which is likely, uh, you know, more, more, you know, more than what it really is. It'll fade away into far less serious threat. Very encouraging new information on the latest infection and death stats, and the very uh, various discussed uh, in, in in other articles. All right, I'd like to get this video. I'd like to find this video. Hold on. All right, let's see. He's no conservative. None of us voted for him. So why does Dr. Anthony Fauci have such say over the future of our country? And what is the connection between Fauci and the population-controlling Bill Gates Foundation? A senator and a medical doctor from Minnesota says he's being ordered to lie about COVID-19 deaths. Why is that? And finally, Pope Francis says the whole pandemic is Mother Nature's revenge for climate change. That really All that more tonight from the editor's desk. Questions. He knows something's going on here that's not Michael right. Matt. We have an obligation to pursue this if we if we cherish our life and our country and the future for our children and all of that. Because in Minnesota, for example, it's gotten ridiculous. Minnesota so far has less than 50 deaths from this thing. Thanks be to God. But our governor just came out yesterday and informed the state that we're going to continue on lockdown through May. That we are not going to peak until the middle of July. And that Minnesota could have as many as 38,000 deaths from this thing by mid-July. 38,000. That is half of the projected national death toll that we're getting from the experts in Washington, D.C. You see, why are they doing this? I, I, don't, I don't know the answer, but I, I know that they're doing it. Did you know, if you contract this thing, if you get this disease, did you know that your chances of recovery are 98%? This is good news. This should encourage all of us to stay engaged in the fight to beat this thing, right? So why are we not being told that sort of thing on the news every night? Why is it just the constant ticker, death, 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 adding up the numbers? Like, again, we're not experts on this. We've never gone through this before. Those numbers look terrible until you compare them to other things that have happened, other epidemics, other pandemics, and you realize it's not that out of the range of what's normal during a terrible you know, a, a season, a flu season like this. So why aren't they telling us? 
He has on a screen here, 80,000 people died of the flu last winter in the U.S. All right? 80,000 people die from the flu. All right, in the U.S. So no, there was no shutdown because of that. There's no shutdown because of the flu. This is the flu, the seasonal flu. There are 80,000 deaths. And we never shut down the nation. We never shut down the country because of that. All right, so uh, I want to try to find another video for you on Jeffrey Sachs. So let me repeat this. If your chances of recovery are 98%, that's good. Your, your chances of recovery are 98%. 50% of the population uh, probably already had it and never knew they had it. All right? And already have recovered from it. This comes from, this information comes from realclearpolitics.com. An advantage disease, indeed, the article's called. Okay, this is from realclearpolitics.com. All right, this is something that I think it's good to know. And the art person who wrote the article is by William J. Bennett and Seth Liebelsum. All right, so <clears throat> this is good news. It's not, you got you got ninety eight percent of recovery, and fifty percent of the population most likely had it already, and they recovered, but nobody knew even they had it. So. No one is, I never heard this being repeated, admittedly, probably even by Fox News. If Fox, if Fox News has mentioned it, I'd never got, I never got the look at the segment. CNN most likely has never reported this. MSNBC has probably never reported this, all right? Or uh, any other the, of the, uh, the news agencies have never bothered to repeat this. So this is pretty good. I'm going to repeat it again for you. All right, the chances of recovery from this virus are about 98%, all right, which is good for all of us to know. And it would possibly 50% of the population, all right, have had the virus and never knew they had it, and you've recovered from it. You probably got sick maybe sometime, maybe, let's say, before the coming of the new year, maybe after the new year, you came, you were sick for a while. You probably thought it was a regular flu and you never knew it. So that's good to know. This is again by realclearpolitics.com. All right. It's one word. All right. Real clear politics. Capitalize the R, capitalize the C for clear and capitalize politics. All right. And dot com. One word. All right. And the article is called an advantaged Disease Indeed by William J. Bennett and Seth Liebelson. I'll spell Liebelson for you. All right. It's L-E-I-B-S-O. I'm sorry. H-N. Liebelson. Liebelson. Not M. Liebelson. And by Bennett. Bennett is B-E-N-N-E-T-T. -T. So that's something for you to know right there. Now we're going to go into the part here about the fact that obviously Trump is the most actively pro-life president, president that we have ever had. Okay, and he mentions here um, 
although Trump has been more actively pro-life than any other president we have had, unfortunately, an abortion def- uh, on abortion defunding, he was blocked time and again, especially by both Democrat and Repub- Republican globalists and otherwise corrupt rhino Republicans in name only in Congress. They had other par- priorities that that prevented him from getting what he promised without sacrificing other, what I presume were more immediate concerns for him, such as saving a dangerously weak U.S. economy and a weak, crumbling U.S. military, both at a time when communist China was known to be a serious world th- uh, world threat. In 2017, this is the article going on, I could never, I could not have imagined Pope Francis would have gone so far as he had in pantheism and idolatry, regularly using Masonic phrases such as brotherhood of man, those are Messianic phrases, and uh, Masonic, I'm sorry, Masonic phrase. I always get the words confused, Masonic. That's M-A-S-O-N-I-C, Masonic phrases such as brotherhood of man and human fraternity and calling all religions as being willed by God. That's uh, yeah. That's the uh, the so-called you know, uh, Abu Dhabi document he he signed. He has frequently met and consulted with numerous world-leading anti-life New World Order globalists at the Vatican. The segment on the remnant video of Jeffrey Sachs, okay, globalist guru and close associate of Bill Gates, UN's. Ban Ki-moon and George Soros with Vatican's Archbishop Sarando strangely chuckling beside him. Uh, see long version of the segment. So I'm going to try to pull that up for you. All right. So let's hope this comes out right. Gasoline on the fire. This is Jeffrey Sachs. Oh, Sarando sitting right next to him. Um, thank you. Monsignor, uh, again, for a wonderful day, and to everybody for a fantastic uh, discussion. Multilateralism is not under threat, per se, uh, in most of the world. It is under threat because of the United States. And I want to say this clearly, because it's not a game and it's not to provoke, it's to discuss. The U.S. was the predominant economic and technological power of the world for decades. This is no longer the case. It is a powerful country economically and technologically, but it is no longer a dominant power. The European Union is a a larger market. China is a comparable market. And the spread of technology is worldwide. The U.S. is by far the most powerful military country in the world, though it learns war after war that the military can solve no political problems whatsoever. We have 6,000 nuclear warheads, 800 military bases around the world. We are involved in 14 shooting wars right now, have instigated multiple wars. The U.S. is a problem. It became a far more significant problem with Donald Trump. He may or may not be president after November. But the U.S. became 
vastly more complicated for the world since 2017. These are not polite things to say. Uh, nobody likes to say them, but I want to say them to explain a few things that I think are extremely important. The U.S. has blocked every multilateral initiative of recent years. It is the only country pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement. It is the only country that pulled out of the JCPOA agreement with Iran. There is not a China-U.S. trade war. There is a U.S. trade war on China. That is different. This was an unpremeditated attack because of China's rising technological capacity. Have no doubt about it. What is this about Huawei or about ZTE or about others? It is because the U.S. realizes that China is gaining massive technological capability in artificial intelligence and other security-related areas because China's talented, smart, minting hundreds of thousands of PhDs every year, and that's how the world works now. There's no monopoly of knowledge. There's no monopoly of talent. This is driving U.S. strategists crazy because U.S. grand strategy is based on primacy. And that's not some fantasy of mine. This is in our documents, our doctrines, one after another. There can be no U.S. primacy in the world anymore that is safe for the world. That's not how the world works anymore. But that is how U.S. policy works. The U.S. is attacking the digital taxation. It has taken tremendous uh, disaster. Okay. Now that uh, is from Edward Penton's uh, YouTube channel. Um, you can check it out yourself. Uh, Edward Penton. His last name is P-E-N-T-I-N. And this here came from, um, it premiered February 5th, 2020. I'm going to read it to you. Jeffrey Sack tells Vatican Conference Trump's re-election would make U.S. absolutely dangerous. You believe that? This is coming from an American. Um, this was premiered February 5th, 2020. American economist and population control advocate Jeffrey Sachs launches a scathing attack on the Trump administration saying it is bullying threat to multilateralism. Sachs, who has a record of supporting abortion contraception as a means of population control, was the keynote speaker at the conference on new forms of solidarity at the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences in the Vatican uh, Gardens, February 5th, 2020. <laughs> Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. This is, uh, obviously, there is some other powers at play. Now, I don't know it's Freemason. There probably is. Who knows? I'm not into the secret societies of things, but globalism that we can be sure that is true, that there are globalist organizations taking place. Now, is the China uh, that what I call uh, sneaky and threatening? No, I think, honestly, the Chinese Communist Party they have a cultural attitude in nature 
where obviously materialism is very important to them. In a lot of cultures, even I come from a Middle Eastern culture that values materialism uh, as something to be coveted, to go after. Many cultures are like that. Many people are like that. Even Europeans have a strong desire and hunger, people who with power, people who, who want to own as much as possible. You look at the celebrities, you look at uh, 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 these Wall Street guys, they all, everyone covets materialism and security because they believe it's going to save them. They believe that the more money you have, the more happy you're going to be, the more property you have, the more beautiful things you have. It, it's across lines from the desperate poor migrant from the South, from the desperate person who comes from the slums and the ghettos to um, the kid who comes from a middle-class background, whether if you're white or Asian or Hispanic or whatever, everyone covets materialism and power. And sometimes the more you have, the more it's not enough. It's obvious. We can see that with everybody. Um, Jeffrey Sachs and a lot of other people who achieve power and security, even Soros. Look at Soros. George Soros is an old man. And he's one of the world's richest men. It doesn't seem to be enough for him. When is enough enough for some people? We don't know. Because sometimes God gives you a spirit of dissatisfaction, of discontent. And I think for these people, what happened was whatever they thought they planned, I think the coronavirus was God confounding their Tower of Babel. The biggest thing left for man is not space. It's not going into the stars. It's the fact that conquering and ruling the world and reshaping it into one's own image. And usually... The one who wanted to rule and control the world is Lucifer, Satan himself. There are other things at play, not just earthly. There are spiritual things at play. And man's imagination is a weapon. So I'm going to end it here, and I'll probably come back with another video similar to this. So let's say a quick prayer. Uh, we'll say a Hail Mary, hopefully that this coronavirus thing and that um, God will hear our prayers and will be satisfied with our repentance. We should pray the rosary, read your scriptures, read your Bible, and pray that the church doors are open. Now, for these men in the church, I'll say this. A lot of them, I believe, have lost their faith. And they don't really believe anymore in the Son of God. Archbishop Sarando, I, he didn't look very nice in that video. You should check out that video. He looked extremely petty and his smile was cruel. And whatever Pope Francis did with this Pachimama thing, yes, I do believe God uh, was offended. And I think some of these men just lost their supernatural faith. As Michael Voris said, in his videos on uh, Church Militant. Supernatural faith was lost in these men. So let's say a Hail Mary and an Our Father.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless.